Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the subscribe button, like, sharing the video. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Enjoy. Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to say that this episode is sponsored by North Carolina Underground Hip Hop Titans, E the Mad Assassin, and Seven to Panther. They uh, recently joined forces with Polish producer Slide Beats to present their newest album, Carter and Newton, The Field Report, with a bonus track produced by Drug Beats. This album is drawing inspiration from the 97 classic debut, The War Report by Capone and Noriega. Uh, the West Coast transplants combine their respective aliases, Seven as Young Bunchy Carter and E as Graham Newton, to form their version of CNN to take The War Report into the field. Carter and Newton, The Field Report, is currently available wherever you listen to music on all streaming platforms. Welcome to the episode. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up! Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And no doubt. Thank you for having me, man. Of course. I heard your shit first when Yeah Guy, the clothing designer, posted Tell It All. And I was, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when I first heard. And I was like, oh, shit. Because you, do you produce all your own shit? Yeah. Um, starting starting with the Inshallah series. So starting on that project that you heard, uh, everything else before that was produced by a mix of people. But this entire Inshallah series is produced by myself. That's crazy because I went back and I listened to all your shit, but the Inshallah series, the two that are out are like yeah. two of my favorite projects out of Buffalo that I've heard for real. Like, I appreciate that, man. Why? What made you want to start producing your shit by yourself? Because um, I feel like when I um, when I started rapping publicly and like really getting serious about it, I was so hungry and I wanted to work so consistently. And I feel like locking in with a producer was a bit of a hassle, you know, like I didn't feel like waiting on nobody. I didn't feel like politicking for beats and all of that. And my budget wasn't there, you know, so I, and I, you know, I believe in, you know, like people and their gifts and stuff. So I ain't want to short nobody, but then yeah. I also didn't feel like begging for beats. So I was just like, you know what, I'm a musician already. Let me see if I can tackle this production thing. And so far, so good. Yeah, man. Like you, your shit is like crazy that you don't, you don't have that much, that many projects out yet. And you're young. You're you're 23. You said 24, 24. All right. I'm 24, too. So it's like sure. crazy here in the like. Uh, I don't know the depth in your music already, like in the beats. One of the questions, what is that sample? The voice on Tell It All? Uh, it's a it's a sample that I found. I don't want to disclose it because then everybody going to go find it. But it's, oh, I got it's, an it's an accessible source. I'll just say that. That shit was fun. I mean, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And you have like, of course, it's a great Benny verse. But like when I heard that, I was like, shit, I got to listen to all this guy's stuff. And that's when I went back. I appreciate that. What uh, how did that come together? The the Benny feature? Uh, long story short, um, you know, my uh, my dad is like tapped in and it came about Benny was like he was in town after you know the whole Griselda the guys was out and about for a minute and this yeah. was like this was like shortly after the situation happened when he got shot so I, I don't know if he just wanted to come home for peace of mind or whatever it was but you know he had put out there you know working let's work doing features and my dad was like yo I could see if I could make it happen and he made it happen and you were ready for that like you I mean you 
matched him well on that. And I feel like you kind of have to be ready for those chances, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Prepared for those, uh, like the omens in life that are going to come for you. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that, like for me, it was like, you know, it was just like a once in a lifetime thing. Like I can only imagine how it felt like when Kanye had an opportunity to get on a song with Hov for the first time. It's just like, nah, like I, like I'm, I feel like in my own right, I feel like I'm the greatest, but it comes those moments where you got to humble yourself and realize the league you playing in is just like, you feel me? It's like, imagine LeBron being on the court with Kobe. It's like, they both the great greatest in their own right, but it's yeah. just like somebody going to have to humble themselves. And I feel like I just wanted to j- just show that I can go toe to toe with the greatest man. Well, I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm from Massachusetts and I'm also mm-hmm. not like, I'm a stand up comedian, so I'm not a rapper. So I'm like looking in on it. But like with you, with the two projects and the third coming out, you producing that shit. Like, I agree that you could be one of the best in your city for real. Like, I appreciate I, that. Man. And that's why you you write about it a lot in your music too. like yeah. you feeling you're the best and deserving. And that's why I said skis, because I forget on what track. But you're like, who's the best in the city? Is it skis yeah. and Camino? And yeah. I agree that I love those two. But that's not who I expected you to say, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Those those are some of my favorites. It's a lot of great artists in Buffalo, but the ones that I mentioned, and I think that was on the um, on Inshallah too. I think the song entitled Inshallah, the outro to that project. Well, Skis Skis is a former guest on this podcast. He had he had come on. He when I found him, I was like, oh shit, there's a completely different sound in Buffalo. Yeah, and then when I sure. heard your shit, I was like, oh, they're really <laughs> different sound. Like you're on some real like introspective and your beats are insane and your lyrics are on point. It's dope. I appreciate that for real, man. Glory to God, bro. Cause it's been, a, it's been a journey, man. It's been a how, journey. All right. Sure. So how long have you been rapping? According to my mom, <laughs> I've been rapping since three years old. She said when I was three years old, my first rap was like, I throw chicken in the street so the birds can't eat. And, you know, I grew up like when I was born, I was raised in the Waga, like the borderline Buffalo Chituaga. So you'll hear me reference the Waga a lot in my music. Yeah. But like when I was born, when I left the hospital, I went to Cold Springs, Buffalo. You feel me? So like I could just imagine like around that age, you know, probably on Kim Long, on Jefferson, Chinese food. You feel me? And we just eat chicken, chicken and rice. That's regular stuff. And I'm just like probably just you know, playing around, throwing chicken in the street, seagulls coming, wilding out. So, like, my mom telling me that is just kind of, like, one of those, like, nah, this is inevitable. But as far as I can remember, yeah, um, music in entirety, I really, like, picked up on it probably, probably around, like, seven, eight, nine years old. Um, my grandmother bought me a, a Casio piano, and I started playing with that. But as far as rap, honestly, I could say going into, like, middle school, probably, like, fifth, sixth grade, that's when I started, like, rapping amongst my peers and stuff like that. Did you take it seriously at that point? Nah, like I was, I was always good, humbly said, but I never, you know, it was never, cause being from Buffalo, you feel me? Like, I feel like if I was from like, maybe if I was from like the West coast or like Atlanta, I would have taken it seriously. But like Buffalo up until Griselda, we ain't really had nobody, you know, to really do it. So I feel like it was always just a thought, like a desire in my heart, but not yeah. never really nothing to pursue. Cause it just didn't seem realistic at that time but you know amongst my friends i would do it and it was it was fun but i never really seen myself you know doing that i always see myself being a successful musician but as far as rapper like i don't think i ever really seen it being nothing serious what do you play for instruments 
uh, everything I put my hands on. But yeah. primarily, yeah, primarily um, my best instrument. Um, well, the instrument I play best is probably the bass guitar. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like that comes out in your music. Having a knowledge or a deeper basis of sound and all really does show an artist that have it versus artists that don't. Yeah, most definitely. Because it's just in this day and age, I feel like people forget music and the origin of music. It's not just, you know, putting a beat together and no, like music was pe- artists were really expressing themselves through instrumentation, through melody, through, you know, stuff like that. So I feel like having knowledge of actual music and not just lyricism, not just rapping, but like music by definition is just, you know, it gives a bit of an advantage for sure. When did you then like, all right, I'm going to be, I describe it as like being the professional, but like being like, all right, shit, all right, shit I will take it seriously. Um, June 28th, 2019, my baby brother uh, passed away um, to gun violence here in Buffalo. Um, it's crazy. At, the, at that time, I was actually living in New York City. I was living in the Bronx, um, working full time, um, doing ministry out there. I was a music director, an aspiring music director at a church in the Bronx. Um, and before that, I was just a bass player at another ministry. That's how I got out there. So I was focused on music and like, you know, like church and stuff like that. And it was cool. But I got that call about my brother. The longest couple hours of my life, I hurried up, bought my Greyhound ticket. I was at the Greyhound. I got the call around like like seven o'clock that he had got shot. Probably around like nine o'clock, they called and said he was gone. By 1030, I was at the Greyhound station on the bus on the way back to Buffalo. And I think that that ride home, because it was like, you know, I tried to, it's like a what, seven hour ride from the yeah. city to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, I couldn't sleep but I still couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that I was going home to a lost family member. So that ride home, I literally like made all new social media accounts. And I was like, nah, man, I'm about to do this. I'm about to rap and I'm about to blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, that moment was just like, if you ever see, like if they ever come out with a brother Tom Sos biopic, that scene is going to be like the life altering scene. Cause it was that moment where I was like, nah, this, I got to do this. You feel me? Like it was just, it was at that point, it was like, nah, like I'd be a fool if I didn't. So before that, was it just like a damn? So you were on the bus creating, like, I'm gonna take this seriously on the way. Yeah. yeah. Was there like a were you lost before that and that was like a wake up call? Or what was what was that like like called so a gun in that moment? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say lost. Um, but I feel like in that moment, what really did wake me up was the fact that forever, like I told you, I started rapping like middle school, like for fun. And like I had people in my corner, like and the number one person being my little brother, like, bro, you're nice. If you take this seriously, we could be on. Dude, you're stupid. Why aren't you rapping? Like, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. So like, you know, I always did it. Even when I was in New York City, I was still writing raps like I would be on a train, like just thinking about. I lived in the Bronx, bro. That's where hip hop was born. So yeah. like having those ideas, like I'm on, I lived on Summit Ave and I was, you know, I said, it on, I have a song called Summit Ave. Like I used to walk down Ogden to hit the stadium, you know, every day to get to the train station. I got to walk past the Yankee Stadium. I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, all of the greats that came out of the Bronx and just out of New York City as a whole. I would go to Harlem to get my hair cut, thinking about Dipset and you feel me? I went to Brooklyn to get food and I'm I'm walking through Bed-Stuy by myself and I'm just like, yo, that's crazy. Like Biggie used to walk these streets. So like while I'm in the city, I'm inspired by the energy there. So I was like writing this stuff. 
Um, but I, it was still just in the back of my head. So it was like, never like, Oh, I'm going to pursue rap, but it was like, I just, it's just something that sent me. So I couldn't help just writing and, you know, exercising my pen a little bit, but I feel like that moment was like, yeah, nah, ain't no more plan, bro. We got to do this. So you get back to Buffalo and do you stay or do you go, do you go back to the city? I've been in Buffalo ever since then. Um, I had to stay for family and, you know, not to get too deep into it, but you know, in a city like this, you know, somebody died from, you know, gun violence or something. It's like, you got two choices. You either leave it to the law or you feel like you have to do something. And for a season, you know, it was that, it was that thin line of like, you know, people was like, oh yeah, Tom, Tommy, brother, Tom Sosa, gang leader. And this then the third, but it's like, no, I was in a position where I was like trying to keep the family intact and like really show my young homies like, yo, I, we can do this. And then what, you know, we risk, we risk a war starting. You feel me? We risk jail. You feel me? we risk prison. We risk death. We, you know, and it was just like, I had to stay to just make sure stuff was copacetic, at least for my mom's sake. You know, I watched my mom go through a lot. My, my other brothers, you feel me? It was just, it was just hard. And then I, I just, I couldn't leave. And then on top of that, you know, my, um, my girlfriend at that time, she ended up getting pregnant and it was just like, man, it was just life changed so much in a matter of like two, three months where I've been here, you know, I've traveled a little bit since I've been back here, but I feel like nah, Buffalo is, is where I'm going to be for a little bit. What gave you that mindset? Cause for real Buffalo, is it like not something I notice whenever I'm in Buffalo, <laughs> no matter what people say, be safe instead of like, have a good one. Like they say, be safe. Yeah. Cause that really is part of the like, so what yeah. gave you that mindset? Um, mindset as far as, where you're like, nah, we're gonna, I'm gonna focus that, you know, focus on music and not go the, uh, you said you have two choices, go the one yeah. choice instead of the um, other. Yeah, for a fact. Um, I would say to answer the question, but starting with this, right? And I tell people all the time, my mother had three sons, right? In less than a calendar year, one son is dead, one son is in jail for four years, and one son is in a studio with Benny the Butcher. So it's just like it shows like the options that you have in a city like this. It's either death, jail or going against our lives and chasing your dreams. You feel me? And I feel like with my brother, like even when I got the call, you know, I have I have three brothers, but two of them I grew up with in the house. And um, when I got the call and my dad was like, yeah, your brother just got shot. I assume, you know, you hear me in my songs talk about free Eiler. Mm. I'm thinking he's talking about him because, you know, I was doing his thing, get money. You know, that's what Buffalo niggas, like Buffalo is not really no, no heavy, you know, gang culture. Like as far as like Chicago, where everybody like shoot them up, shoot them up. Like Buffalo, we like to, Buffalo like to get money. But when you get in money, it brings hate. It brings jealousy. It brings envy. And now you got to protect yourself from people that may want to do something to you. So when I got the call, I assume, I assume that Yadler got shot. And I was like, you know what? He's going to be good. Like, then he's straight. But then when my dad was like, yeah, Yiler, he was like, Yiler trying to keep him awake. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? He's trying to keep who awake. And then I'm like putting two and two together. But long story short, my brother, Anthony, you feel me? He was, you know, he was a little hothead, but he wasn't out here. So it just kind of like confused me. And I'm just at that moment, I realized like, man, now nah, this generation is really lost for real, where it's like there's no guidance because like everybody is so focused, like everybody in our age group, everybody between the ages of like, 24 35 we're so focused on the future and so focused on getting stuff right for ourselves we're not thinking about the generation coming up behind us so it's just kind of like they're fending for themselves but rightfully so 
that's how it was for us because unless you had parents that were putting a battery in your back the most the most that most of us had was like an encouraging teacher or like an, a neighborhood you know role model that would like encourage you while you're walking through the blocks or something but like other than that we were like nah nobody really was giving us nothing so we had to focus on ourselves and the the downfall of that is the youth coming up they have nobody giving them knowledge and wisdom outside of the culture of music outside of arts and entertainment and for the last 10 to 15 years it's been nothing but gang this shoot that rob that get the money get the hoes get the this and that and it's like a brainwashed generation that don't realize like life is one and done you feel me we don't know what happens after here all that all of the possibilities are just too too great to even put your finger on one thing but it's like while we here i wanted to use that use that moment for everybody around me when they're expecting Tommy to push the button and now I'm like now nah, I'm about to write I'm about to put this music out I'm about to go crazy it was just kind of like a shocker like you know we still we still did what we what we was supposed to do yeah. but it's just showing like now nah, y'all want to live the rest of y'all life like this or y'all is we going to pursue a better future and like that led to my first project um as entitled for ant and that led up to that. And that was just like the rest is history from there. Yeah. Well, do you you talk about in your music, like knowing that you're destined for like more for like. Could you did you know in that moment that like you could do that? Because you're saying like you have a battery put in your back. Was that something you were born with or is that did you have like a role model of like. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I've always been. um just by myself, I always, I, and I just feel like it's design, divine. Um, I feel like it's, it's no other answer but God, bro, to be honest, because it's like from a youth, you know, I was always labeled bad and misunderstood, but, you know, it was just, it, it, it was what it was, but I always felt like a, a leader. Like I always felt like I was born to be a voice. And I just feel like now is the perfect time. You know, like I remember, um, I remember maybe like, freshman sophomore year of college um and I, I would be praying like man i want to be i want to i want to blow with this music and i want to pop and do this and change the city and god told me he was like it's, you're not going to be the first one because i always was i always say i want to be the greatest thing out of buffalo since rick james and you feel me and like that's that's what i stood on and god was like no nah, it's not going to be you and then like a year after griselda gets signed and i'm like ah yo that's fire so it's like somebody opened the door you know it's like in, in a biblical aspect it's like John the Baptist and then Jesus. You feel me? It's like somebody has to pave the way for the, not saying that Griselda ain't the voice, but I really feel like as far as a generation, the things that I feel compelled to say and just as far as reestablishing code of ethic and morality and belief, is just like I feel like using this platform. Like people compare me to Cole a lot, J. Cole. You feel me? It's like the stuff you hear in his music, you listen to J. Cole, you get inspired and make you want to be a better you. And I feel like as far as Buffalo is concerned, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, you are. You're talking. Uh, so where I know this answer is the same answer that this is a rhetorical question, but like, uh -huh. where do those where does that come from? Within, I guess. Yeah. I don't but like. <laughs> all right. What was your first? This is such a weird thing because I talk about on the podcast uh -huh. is my relationship with the universe or God or spirituality or uh -huh. whatever that is. And I found it later. I realized my whole life pointed. But like, when was your first 
was it on that bus ride or did your first conversation or yeah my as far as what what god's spirit yeah with the universe like yeah Um, with your higher self honestly like my whole life um you know my nana was a missionary in the black church so like i would experience little stuff but it never it never really like stuck with me for real for real like I was a musician in the black church and you know I always like aspired to be like a preacher or something because that's what I grew up with but as far as you know um enlightenment and awareness of spirit it really didn't happen until not even on that bus ride but when I came back to Buffalo and I started putting two and two together just about how life has unfolded and realizing things like uh, numerology and angel numbers and, you know, astrology and like how the moon would speak to me and how, you know, numbers would follow me, like stuff like that. It started happening. It started um, becoming more and more um, tangible and, you know, visible after my brother passed away. But I've always had like a sense of, god and holy spirit and you know just spirituality as a whole but i guess after my brother passed away it kind of broke down the barriers of what religion taught me mm-hmm. and it was the separation of what religion taught me and what god wanted to reveal so it wasn't like um i had to unlearn everything i knew as far as spirituality and religion and kind of just allow myself to be open to what you know life was showing me in that moment if yeah. that answers the question, I no, hope it, it really does, okay. and I totally, I totally agree with that. Okay. And you were talking about the two, the two paths, like the two choices, mm-hmm. and when the universe puts you in the real low place, you can take either one of those paths. And the more you take the good path, the more you are towards your better self. And it uh, sometimes the universe needs to put you in that. You said you had a kid too within that same time. Yeah. So you were really like at a crossroads where you could go one of two ways. Exactly. Definitely. Sometimes I feel like I'm still there, but just like a different, a different crossroad every time. And I guess the goal is to stay on the straight and narrow path. Like detours are easy to come by. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like the goal is to just keep going. But it comes through in your work that you're the perfect, like you take, you know it yourself. I think that's, especially with the Inshallah series, it shows that like you know it yourself and when that's really what comes through a music when a artist i feel like reaches the next threshold is when like you're not doing it for the listens you're doing it because this is what your voice is telling you to do right most definitely do what do you have like plans for the you said like it's funny in your music you say you have like big plans that you want to do a lot more but do you have like a path that you see especially for the next few years like yeah yeah most definitely um a plan a desire a hope man to you know really i really just want to use music not to like put the blueprint out there but i really just want to use music as um a gateway to one of two two things one platform um, allow music to give me the platform because anyone that's awake in society knows that things like music, art, fashion, it's the number one language of the world. Like it breaks all the barriers. So I feel like where music is right now, especially as hip hop is concerned, you know, if I can get the platform from that 
and also the dividend, you feel me, the revenue, the, the guala guala and invest in a bigger plan. You know, when it's all said and done, I'll, I'm going to go down as like a, a, a philanthropist, a humanitarian, you know, like anything like that, you know, not just an artist, not just a rapper. Um, but it's this is all leading up to me, like basically wanting to be able to help mankind at large, like to have impact like Martin Luther King, like Malcolm X, like, like Jesus, yeah. you know, you know, just people that thousands of years from now, they can still be talking about me and what I desired for the world to have, because it comes from a pure place. It comes from the divine. And it's, uh, it's funny that you were talking about having that conversation in Buffalo because not for Buffalo does have a certain way, but they also are teaching that like, make as many legal streams of income as possible. Whether you look at BSF, like you work with Benny doing the sports agency or creating a legacy where it's, you can create your art, but back it in ways that are larger than just your selling your soul to the fucking industry, right. you know? Right. Did you ever, did you know Buffalo? Like you said, you didn't take it seriously until you realized like Buffalo, did you know Buffalo was special musically or did you feel like, you're an outcast in the city. Um, no, musically for sure. Cause I grew up like as far as hip hop, like I ain't gonna lie. Growing up as a kid, I ain't really know about like West Side Gun or Conway or like none of the rappers. Like I didn't know of like Jay Skis and all that. I knew I met G Jay Skis when he worked at this sneaker store here in Buffalo. Um, but like everybody else that's been doing it 10 plus years or claimed to be doing it for 10 plus years. I had no clue nobody even existed except Benny. Benny had this song uh, called like Smoke Good or I Smoke Good or something like that. He was like, I smoke good. I smoke, I smoke good. And we was in like fifth, sixth grade singing that joint because you where I grew up off, off Dope Street, you feel me, like Montana, May Street, that's literally like a 15, 20 minute walk up from where we was at. So it was just kind of like, all right, cool. Like, you know, so it just got around. But as far as music, I played bass. So Nah, I was I'm tapped in like I grew up watching people like um, Joy, the drummer, who is Beyonce's drummer, uh, her sister, Vidi, uh, they homie Amber Horde, you know, the, who have arranged stuff for like successful gospel artists. You know, like I've been tapped Jerry Livingston, who I believe played bass for Rick James. Uh, he was a bass guitarist for Rick James and, you know, other musicians here who were in the Gap Band and. Oh, you know, like, shit, yeah. Yeah. Like M Buffalo musically, like I never felt like an outcast or nothing musically because as a musician, I was tapped in. Like I got homies with plaques on the wall and, you know, as far as being musicians and producers and stuff like that. But as far as hip hop, I wasn't really in it. But like music, I was I was in it from gospel to like jazz, funk. I was tapped. in. What were you growing up listening to? Um, A mix of everything. My mom was heavy on like <laughs> so my mom i'm i'm german i'm german and black but like my mom's side of the family they the you know the caucasian they german yeah. so like my mom would have us listening to red hot chili peppers <laughs> and all that stuff and then uh rick astley and aha and you know all types of music and then it'll be lauren uh lauren hill and jagged edge stuff like that but then you know being a musician it was earth wind and fire the jacksons you know, stuff like that. So my uh, Billy Joel's thing, you know, it was like very, yeah. very, it was more, it was more like 80s pop rock and ballads and stuff like that. And then gospel, a whole lot of gospel. 
I probably didn't really start listening to hip hop consistently until maybe like sixth grade. But growing up, it was like a very uh, versatile piece of. Do you remember genre. what the first hip hop you were listening to was in sixth grade? Um, around that time, I, I fell in love with uh, with uh, like Bone Thugs and Harmony and Easy E. It was just something about that sound, like that thing that it's the thuggish, ruggish bone, like that type. <laughs> I stuff, was bro. just like, re-listening to that, like know, the past crazy. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's like just that type of sound, you know, that kind of, you know, because everybody growing up, it was always Biggie Pop, Biggie Pop. You know, I started listening to the Bone Thugs, Easy E, obviously Pop, Biggie, and then you know Jay Z, Kanye, of course, and then from there it was like. If it wasn't an extension of like Rock Nation or good music, I probably wasn't listening to it. Yeah, good music for some years were running the fucking game. Most definitely. All Most right, definitely. Uh, what was your favorite Kanye album? All of them, but the, I feel like the Kanye album that really, really solidified me was my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm. That was it. Like I love everything, everything from the beginning, but. Your um, composition, I can feel like, is so like it's uh, orchestral in the same way. Yeah, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That was, that was that solidified me as a diehard Kanye fan because that's when he dropped the visual on YouTube. Remember, and I, I watched that like fifty times in a row, like three days straight. I just sat there at the computer and just watched it. Like, nah, this guy is a genius. He had me wanting to fall in love with the bird and everything. I'm like, yeah, I need a phoenix now, dog. <laughs> For real. Yeah, that's yeah. How'd you feel about Donda? I liked it. Um, it, it's it's obviously not his best project, but when you put aside the politics and you put aside the Drake comparisons and you look at it as a mural for his mother, he 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 did what he was supposed to do. And I feel like also if you listen to the production, um, it gives it gives a little bit of graduation. It gives a little bit of the life of Pablo. Um, but he also stayed true to the turning point when he did Jesus is King. So it was like listening to the lyrics and people, there's no explicit version yet. So it was yeah. like the fact that he kept profanity off of there and like the production. I feel like it was just a, a pure Kanye project. I don't know if you heard though. I thought this was interesting. I've seen it on TikTok. They say every project after his mother passed away perfectly aligns with the seven stages of grief and Donda being the final stage is acceptance. Oh, real? That would make sense actually, because yeah. I have, I've talked about before, but I, one of my favorite Kanye albums and people get so mad is I love the life of Pablo. I think that album is a masterpiece. Like I think it's, and I think it's also one of his best concept albums. Yeah. You know, he said that was actually his first gospel album. I would agree. I would see that. Because yeah. it's it's really like I've talked about this. Who was I talking about this with? It doesn't matter. But about like uh, how it's like, are you going to choose Pablo Picasso or are you going to choose Pablo Escobar? Pablo Escobar. That's a and fact. if you listen to the really trappier songs on it, he's rapping about really personal stuff. And when he's really the really like instrumental stuff, he's rapping about like really like, you know, yet <laughs> ignorant bars and shit. And I right. loved that as a concept album. So making it the stages of grief, I could see him doing that and just never mentioning it. You know what yeah. I mean? He's yeah, the type crazy. of dude to do that. No, that's a fact. Hey guys, before we get back into the episode, I want to say that this one is also sponsored by 607 Sound, 
based out of Elmira, New York. Uh, they're a local underground upstate music platform. Um, they're actually executive producing an album called Integrated Affinity Volume 1 featuring artists from the 607 like Blicka Don, Anthony Cannon, MBK Ritchie, and more, uh, as well as artists you've seen on Bucked Up like Jay Skies and Deuce Ellis, as well as a host of others that could be soon like Tony Boy, Gaines, Chill Ali, Brother Tom SOS, Camouflage Monk, and Origino. Uh, keep up with 607 Sound through their website, 607sound.com, and socials, and stay tuned for that album release coming soon. Uh, let's get back into it. I feel like, uh, wh- what about this series? Are you making it a series? Like the one, oh, two, and so, three. Funny story, right? Around the time I got into the studio with Benny, um, City Boy, um, which is Shout also like city boy. Yeah. yeah he, um, so I actually had inshallah was originally supposed to be an album um, with 22 songs. So um, city boy pulled up to the studio. I'm recording. I'm recording like majority of the project. Like when I go to the studio, I like to do like 10 hour sessions, you know, just let me put the same passion on every song. Um, and, you know, city boy, my dad, um, happy, um, from Joint Venture Music and uh, Solo from Solo Entertainment Music Group. They're all in the studio um, and they're like, you know, they talking to me and, they, you know, it was a little discouraging at first. But they was like, man, like, ain't nobody about to listen to 22 songs, bro. Like, you're not there yet. You know, like, it's a good, like, the music is good, but they was like, you don't want to lose the listeners in today's society. You know, like, I'm not Drake, Kendrick, you know, I can't drop 30 song project and expect people to listen top to bottom. Yeah. He was like, they was like, you don't want to waste it. So I was like, at first I was discouraged. I was like, you know what? Say less. I took those 22 songs. I grabbed songs from another project that I was going to do. And I think I had like 32 beats all together. And I was like, I'm going to make it to an eight part series. Uh, the number eight rec- symbolizing, I believe, new beginnings. And I was like, you know what? By the time this series is over, who knows? I might be able to drop my 30, my 22, 22 song project and you know, but it's been it's been flowing so far. So that's what turned it into a series. And you're on your third. Yep. Do you have all eight planned out? For the most part, uh, three and three and four are done. I have the production. Obviously, the production uh, for all of it is finished. I got <laughs> I got my production for like the next five projects complete Um, after the series. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like. um even the dates that I've decided to drop the project is all like personal. And I like wait for like podcasts and like later in life, the genius interviews to like make, put light on it. Yeah. But three and four are complete. Um, I started writing to five. I'm pretty proud of what five is becoming. Um, six, seven, and eight. I know on eight, I have a song that's for my mother. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to be interesting too but i feel like i love the way that it's because each one is a whole different vibe like in itself you know it's still true to my sound but it's a different vibe and i'm, I'm really excited to share it with you guys for real for real what's your muse for writing because you are very personal and you yeah. say like you have your production done for projects and projects then what what's your muse for then like sitting down and writing uh just life um, I have to, cause I can't, I can, I can sit and write songs. Like if you listen to Four Ant, Four Ant was like literally me just sitting there and like, okay, let me get something catchy. All right, what's a cool little hook or a melody, and like doing it that way. But with the Inshallah series, my writing process, like I literally have to wait 
for two things, either for like ultimate inspiration or to hit rock bottom. And it's like, I could put pain into it because I don't want to just write. I don't want to just write no just songs just to write songs like I can make songs in my sleep like that's I'm a writer that's what I do but as far as this series I want every time somebody press play to be like oh nah he did it again he did it again and it's just like you know it's just kind of it's I don't know the writing process for it has it has been bittersweet because it's been moments where literally like inshallah three I didn't write to dang near half of it until I got to the actual studio session. So it was like, I'm in the studio and I'm just like, nah, like I have to write. And it was like, what came out was like, wow. So it was just like, you know, experiencing different things. And, you know, the first, you know, the first couple projects that I released came out of feeling all of the feelings of my brother's passing and my daughter being born. But it's like life lately has been, you know, it's been a lot um, festivals, shows, um, interviews, podcasts, you know, traveling engagements, stuff like that. So it's like, I feel like the rest of this series is going to be more, um, I want to say like my manifesto talk, like it's just like me aspiring through the music, you know, but yeah. still, you know, keeping that sense of reality. How do you keep like, is writing your, your way of keeping sane during that because like as you said you do have a daughter you are it's all happening pretty soon and you are like starting to do a lot more things how do you like keep it all in line uh worship sometimes i'll just come in like my little studio at the crib and i like grab like a, a steinway piano and logic and throw a pad under it and i'll just play i'll just play until i cry and release and i'll be like all right i can do this now I don't really um like write to like get through anything. Like I write solely to like make songs right now because the whatever I whatever pain I release through writing, I want people to feel it in the music. Mm. So like anything else, like I'll pick up my guitar or I'll go sit at the church and play the piano or you know, like that's that's it. Is that tough to use because I like to have my comedy and this is so dumb because comedy is not, it is personal, but it's not like at the end, it's a joke, but everything I come from comes from like something dark or personal that I then want to make people in a large crowd laugh at. And sometimes I feel like that's tough because you're just digging, you're kind of digging for more depth, more personal. And sometimes your life isn't ready for that. And your music is very personal and very in-depth and it isn't like, Oh, it's a joke at the end. Is that tough to deal with? Like the emotion Um, behind it? Nah. Cause I feel like by the time the pen hits the pad, it's released. So the tough part is over. Like I've already dealt with it. I've already processed it. And now the only way I'm able to write it is because I did process it. And like, I'm ready to just accept that it is what it is. And now I can just, you know, on to the next, you know? Yeah. Do you have, so you have the series planned out, but you said you have five projects. Are you going to be doing projects in between releasing albums in between the Inshallah series? Nah, I was going to release singles in between the Inshallah series, but I don't know. um, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm going to drop some. I have the projects prepared for after um, the Inshallah series. And again, anything to change, but I think right now, I have maybe like four, four or five albums set for after the Inshallah series is oh, over. Wow. Yeah, so I think after this, I want to just um, 
I want to do albums. Like I don't want to really do EPs and LPs no more. I want to do uh, just straight albums and just go crazy. So that way I can drop two projects a year or three a year and be good. Is it hard sitting on music? Like, do you want to put it out or do you like having the plan of? No, it's very, it's very hard, bro. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Cause it's like, you know, that's why like people see and they be like, yo, bro, what's, what's the rollout? How's the rollout? And I'm like, nah, the series is the rollout. Like this whole series is the rollout. Cause yeah. it's like, dude, inshallah, inshallah. I dropped inshallah in May. Inshallah. I dropped May 22nd. That's not that it long was, ago. Yeah, it was recorded in February. So I sat with it for a couple of months. Like Inshallah one, Inshallah one and Inshallah two was was recorded in February. So I sat with both. Think about it. Inshallah two dropped June. So I sat with that from February to June. And then it was just like by the time it's released, I'm already on the the albums after the series is over and the series isn't even done yet. So it's like it just be frustrating because I'll listen to it. And then by the time I drop it, it's like everybody's like, yo, that's hard. And I'm like, word, you should hear when I drop. What's the name in 2023? Like, that's going to be hard. So that yeah, must be crazy. Crazy. Yeah, because but your music is timeless in that way. It shows that you can that. sit on it. And then re- like the song that I bumped, I put it on repeat like three times today was Rider Spy. That song's so catchy, oh, too. I that appreciate one, that. that one, but like you sitting on that for so long and then you're like, nah, I can't, I can't wait to see what you got coming out in 2023 yeah. and shit. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Who do you want to work with, like either in the city or outside with, do you have artists, not like Drake, Kendrick, J Cole artists, but artists that you do want to work with? Uh, for sure. Um, in the city, I'm almost definitely want to work with, um, El Camino. Um, I most definitely want to work with El Camino. I want to work, um, obviously, Jay Skis, um, Billy Esco, cast like that, just for the culture. Yeah, like, Billy Esco. He's yeah. he, he's in talks to come on the podcast soon. So, yeah, that's that's fire. Uh, you know, obviously, I need, I would love to work with Westside Conway. Um, I want to work with uh, Cantrell out of Georgia. I think like Albany, Georgia. Um, who else? It's a couple people I wouldn't mind um tapping in with. Like I will I want to work with like uh West Side Boogie, um Black, um man. You a, and Boogie would be insane because I've been I listening like to him since crazy. like early, early shit before any of that, before the shady, before yeah, I feel like that would go crazy. West Side Boogie for sure. Um man, I want to work with Luke from dreamville uh, uh project coming out soon yeah in october a couple of days before uh inshallah three. Oh, dope yeah so october is going to be a good month for music man i think el camino drops loot drops i'm dropping el camino hasn't dropped in a minute yeah man he just uh dropped that fashionably late that drink anytime el camino, like people don't understand bro like Outside of Griselda, El Camino is like my favorite rapper from Buffalo. Like him, El Camino and Yizza Yet and OG Soul, probably my in higher society, probably my favorite rappers from Buffalo, man. Yeah. Like, but El Camino is most definitely like my favorite, favorite rapper. Cause it's like after losing my brother, like hearing him, you just hear the pain, man. It's just like you just tell, like some dudes rap about it and you you don't feel it. No, you know, he, it sounds good. They got wordplay. Yeah. You feel what he's saying, like. 
it's just like it's crazy man you also are you friends with him on facebook nah you gotta add him on facebook his fa- i probably shouldn't be saying this for people listening anyway his facebook is the funniest shit i've ever <laughs> seen he writes shit on there that i'm jealous that i've never written a joke as good as that <laughs> shit. he's hilarious bro no el camino is i remember when i first heard i think walking on water was that the first project i heard from the one with the red cover it's like him walking on like an aquarium almost. yeah 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 yeah. that was the first project i heard of camino and i was like God, he really is like yeah he's he's most definitely i feel like he's probably aside from myself he's probably one of the most underrated rappers from buffalo yeah for and sure he has such a good ear for beats mm-hmm. How, do you want to produce for other rappers do you want to rap on other producers stuff or do you want to produce for yourself like um Right now, I prefer to produce for myself, but I do. Um, I wouldn't mind like if I do rap on other producer stuff. But like, I would want to do like a, you know, like a, like a Benny Alchemist type thing. Uh, you feel me? Like that, where it's like a collab tape, and they wouldn't just be producing my project. Yeah. Um, and I would also, I would love to produce for other artists. Like I would really love to do that. I would love to get Wes a beat. I would love to get Camino a beat. Um, you know. Yeah, Shay Noor. She will body one of my beats for a fact. Would, yeah. Love. Yeah. I'd love to hear love on one of your beats. Yeah, that's a fact. She spit. You ever you ever talk to or meet AA Rashid? Nah, man, but I follow him on the gram and I feel like I fell in love with his knowledge, man. Um what was that? The uh, Fly God is an awesome God two intro. Yeah. And it was just like talking about the Renaissance, and I'm just like, nah, man, I, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet this guy for real. And the reason I ask is I feel like you guys come from very similar the backgrounds of knowledge. And uh, he's a really dope dude. Even if you reached out to him, I feel like, he, and I would vouch for you on that. He's a really nice guy. But uh, he's from L.A. But I feel like his music and your music would. Have you ever listened to him rap? Yeah, I listened to, I listened to a couple of his stuff. Just Dog food, I love that album. Yeah. He's just funny with it. Like, and he's he has knowledge. Like, he's... He's also crazy into hallucinogens. Him and I love talking about mushrooms and shit. Yo, one day, man, like not to bug off the podcast. I told my dad and my mom, like, yo, one day when I'm at a peaceful place in life, I might just do a little LSD. You feel me? But You've never done any of that shit? Never. I've never done. The most I did was weed. I quit smoking weed a year ago. Oh, um, for real? But, Why'd you quit smoking? Um, I started having like panic attacks and anxiety attacks, but then I'm trying to figure out if they were like, you know, everything going on with COVID. I'm trying to figure out if like my lungs got weaker or something. And I was actually having asthma attacks, mm. but like anytime I would smoke or like even now, um, two, like a week ago, we had Rick Hyde, um, you listening party after party, you know, obviously room full of smoke. And I'm like, in there like, <laughs> like I got to get out of here, bro. So it's like, I feel like just being around smoke, just like tweak me out. Shit, I don't like this. Yeah. I Were miss you a big it. smoker before that? Yeah, especially after my brother passing, smoking backies on backies every day. Like, no one smokes like when I when I'm in Buffalo. I'm like, oh, people can actually match match me smoking because no one yeah, around me smokes like that. But in <laughs> Buffalo, it's just weed on top of weed. Yeah, man, it's crazy. But yeah, so one day never, most definitely. You've never you've wanted to do mushrooms or acid or anything? Uh, yeah, it was. I never really knew about mushrooms for real, for real, but um, LSD for sure. And then when I found out like mushrooms were like, like 
baby steps to LSD. So now it's like it sparked the curiosity, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I just I, only, I just know I only smoke weed, do mushrooms. I did DMT once. That's what made me like find my higher power and find spirituality actually. Where, on some yeah, weird shit. <laughs> one day, man. Just not now, because I know I can't afford a bad trip. <laughs> 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 Kanye, for real. You have a lot, <laughs> you have a lot behind you. Do you like like do you feel like the hunger pushes you, or do you feel like you're like, nah, I'm ready for this shit? Like I I, I want to focus on the music. Yeah, both. Um, it most definitely pushes me, but I also feel like I'm ready. Like I feel like this journey that I'm on, it'll be never ending. You know, like even when you look at guys like Hove and Nas who have nothing to prove to anyone, but something in them still has them dropping music. You know, they still dropping gems because it's deeper than just, like I said, making songs like you listen to King's Disease. There's so many jewels, so many gems. You listen to 444 or anytime Jay-Z surprises us with a verse on somebody's album is just knowledge. And so I feel like the hunger has me ready to. The hunger has me ready to, you know, get in those rooms, but I'm already ready to put in the work. Like if anyone decided they were like, yo, we're going to get this kid a shot. Like I don't got the biggest following or nothing right now, but I don't think nobody desire to like nobody's hunger is bigger than mine right now, man. Like, no, nah, and it comes through the music for real. That's yeah. why I'm really I'm really honored to talk to you. Like, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no this, doubt, was, this was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Do you want to promote your shit before we end up when the inshallah threes drop in or? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, first, anybody tuning in, feel free to follow me on all platforms. I've got your Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, brother, Tom Sos, B-R-O-T-H-E-R-T-O-M-S-O-S. People call me Tom Sauce, Tom S-O-S. No, it's Sos, Sosa without the A. Okay. Brother Tom Sos, uh, inshallah three will be coming. Uh, October 8th, uh, inshallah, four will be coming shortly after that. But inshallah, one and two already out. Um, tap in YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, Title, everything. Wherever you can find music, I'm there. This will be probably coming out the same week that that's dropping. So can you say who's featured on it? I won't cheat on the, I will <laughs> make you cash at me 30 bucks. I won't cheat. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll I do it for you, man. I'll do it for you. But I got my boy OG Soul on there. Oh, okay, dope. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Right. I ain't gonna, the song on there is the song he's featured on. It's man, when I tell you, it it, it shocked me. Like, <laughs> damn, I can't wait to hear it. Then, yeah, it's different, man. Even from the first three seconds of the production, like that's probably one of the best beats I've ever made. It's just like, man, it's For crazy. Real? How many yeah. tracks? Four. Four. So the whole series, four songs, each four one. Four songs. Yeah. The whole series, four songs on every one. And the goal is, um, the goal is to have a f- one feature on each one. Um, so, you know, I tapped, I chopped it up with um, a couple people. So this, this, this series is going to be very interesting. Oh, dope, man. I can't wait to hear it. And I can't wait to see what the journey brings. Cause for real, you're on a, you're on a really dope one. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. For real. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time.